Uh, first of all, I would like to dedicate this year, Le'iluya Nishmas, my good friend, and the Chutten, Yoshua ben Abraham Issa, Reb Julian Sharman, and I'm sure he is now in Gan Eden, and hopefully his Neshama should get the schus of what we're about to learn. Amen. Yeah. Um, last week, we were learning that um, Kalal Yisrael said to Hashem, you've totally forgotten us. Azavtoni, Azavani, and Shechechoni. So Hashem countered by saying, how can you say that? I've set up all these constellations in the sky. I only did it for you. How can you say that I've forgotten you? And this is where we carry on. So we now are 19 lines from the bottom. Lamed base, Omad base. Lamed base, Omad base. 19 lines from the bottom. The last three words, Hasishkach Isha Ula. Okay, has everyone got it? Okay. Now, let me read you out the full posuk. It's a posuk from Yeshaya. Which means, can a woman forget her baby? Carries on. Would she not have mercy on the son of her womb? So Hashem is saying to Kali Yisrael, yes, they may forget. But I will not forget you. That is the full posuk in Yeshaya. And now the Gemara will explain, will go through it and explain what it means, the drush. Can a woman forget her baby? The word ula is unusual for a baby. So he says it refers to oilus, burnt offerings. Klum eshkach. Can I possibly forget the oilers, the burnt offerings, alim of the rams, or pitre rechomim, or the firstborn animals, which you offered to me in the midbot. So Hashem is saying to Klal Yisrael, I can't forget that. So it comes back, Klal Yisrael and says, Omra lefonov. They said back to Hashem, Master of the universe, since there's no such thing as forgetfulness, in front of you. Perhaps you will not forget the story of the ego, the golden calf. In other words, you don't forget anything. Hashem is saying, we don't, I never, I will not forget you. Well, if you don't forget me, then perhaps you won't forget the terrible things that we've done in the ego and you'll hold that against us. So it says, says, the, uh, says Hashem in the positive, no, I will forget that. And Rashi says, Gam Eile. Rashi says, Maisel Egel. This refers to the Egel. Sha'omru, the Possek says, Eile Elahecha Yisrael. The Possek starts off with Eile. So when it says, Gam Eile Tishkachno, it means, I will forget anything to do with the fact that you worship the golden calf. Omlefonov. So, Kalal Yisrael came back to him and said, Rebbein Shlalom. Since we now see that there is such a concept of Hashem forgetting, because you said you will forget about what happened to the golden calf, perhaps you will forget what happened to our Sinai, where we said Nasev and Nishma, and we should obviously get a credit for that. But if now that you've told us that you're able to forget as well, perhaps you will forget that as well. 
came back and said, I will not forget. And as Rashi says, this is refer- alludes to what happened at Sinai and Seris of Dibras. The first, uh, the first of the Aseris Adibras, as we read a few days ago, was Anarchi Hashem Alakecho. So that's what Hashem is alluding to. And then, sorry? Yeah, can I ask a quick question? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, surely your operative word is forgive, not forget. Forgive. Yes. In other words, well, no, what, yeah, but what it means is, if you forgive somebody, you forget about it. In other words, if I say to you, you say, I'm very sorry that I did this and that to you, other, and I say, oh, forget it. Well, that means I'm forgiving you. It's the same thing. Okay, yeah. I'm Facebook Jacob, yeah. Okay. So, and, and similarly, behind the Om Rebbe Leza, Om Rebbe Oshio, this is the same interpretation that Rebbe Loza says in the name of Rebbe Oshio. My dechsev, what does it say in the Posseh? Even these will be forgotten. This refers to the golden calf. Where will I not forget This refers to when you were So we see that Hashem has a selective memory. All the good things about Klal Yisrael he will remember, and all the bad things he will forget or forgive. Okay, now we start something new. Now, if we look back at the the original Mishnah some time ago, which is on Lamadomad base. Lamadomad base, we say as follows. The Mishnah starts and says, Aim Andim Lisbalal Elamitar Kovid Rosh. When, when we, when we dab on Shemana Esra, we should have a serious attitude. And then it carries on and says, Chasidim Harishonim. The first Chasidim, we're not talking about Savatil here, we're talking about pious gentlemen. Are you showing Shah Achas and Mispalalin? They, they would wait for an hour, umispalin, and then they would daven, in order that they can have kavona when they're davening. So the simple shot of that Mishnah is that apart from davening, they also used to spend an hour before davening getting themselves into the frame of mind for davening. Right? Now, the Vilvagon asks a very good question. He says the word mispalin seems to be in the wrong place. Because if we're saying that they davened for an, for an hour beforehand, or they, they sort of contemplated getting themselves into the mood for an hour before davening, then it should say, Chassidim Rishonim, Hoshayin Shah Achas, they sort of, um, would prepare themselves for an hour. In order to be Machaban, what they're going to say, or Mispalalim, and then they would daven. Why does it say mispalim in the middle? So says the Gon, this hour of preparation, it wasn't just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. He said it was mispalim. They would daven that the, the Shmana Esra should go well, and that they should have kavona. So that's where he reads it now. They would prepare for one hour by davening. In order that they should be able, when they do daven Shemana Esra, they will daven it with Kavana. So that was the hour, that was, that was sort of what the God says the hour was spending. Now coming back to our, um, our Gemara, Chasidim Arishonim, which again is, um, the double dots, double dots, it must be about ten lines before the bottom. Chasidim Arishonim. 
Chasidim Roshonim, Hayashon Shah Achas, so we prepare for an hour. Says the Gemara, Minana Mila, where do we know this from? Omar Rabbi Shurban Levi, says Rabbi Shurban Levi. Omar Kral, the Posuk says, well known Posuk, Ashrei Yoshve Vesecha, praiseworthy are those who sit in your house, meaning in the base of Medrash, base of Knesset. And then it says, they will then praise you. Now there was only after they are for some time in the shul, then they will commence to daven. So in other words, from that we see that you need to prepare yourself an hour before davening. No, it, it doesn't. Kadashri takes a lot less than an hour to decide. Oh, right. I will, I will, I will come to that point very okay. shortly. Very good, very good point, Clive. Um, sorry, um, no, we've answered that. Yeah. But Um, Rabbi Shuban Levi says, Rabbi Shuban Levi, Hamis Palel Sorech Lishos Shah Achas Achas Vilosa. So in the Mishnah, we just had about preparing for an hour beforehand. Now, Rabbi Shurban Levi comes and adds, not only do we have to spend an hour beforehand, but when you finish davening, you need to spend another hour. Okay, so you've got an hour of preparation. Then you've got your tefillah, which we'll see is also an hour. And then you've got an hour afterwards contemplating, etc., what you've, uh, what you've said, or Adam Afoshim explained that you shouldn't if you run out at the end of shul before waiting a little bit, it looks as if it's a burden on you. So if it's a burden on you, so you stay a little bit longer. He says, as it says in the Pulsuk, where do we know this from? Surely the righteous will give thanks to your name. The upright Yeshu will stay in your presence a little bit longer. So in other words, after what it says is Ach Sadikim Yodlishmecha, that the Sadikim will say Madimanachnulah, that's part of Tvila. And afterwards Yeshvi Yeshuram Espanacha, they will still stay there. So from this learns Rabbi Shurban Levi that one has not only one has to spend an hour in preparation, but you've got to stay an hour after Tvila as well. Now, my minig, and I've got that from my father, I don't know whether anybody else has got that minig, is that when I finish shul, I sit down, even if I'm standing up, take my twillin off, etc., ready to go. I sit down on my seat and say this posuk of Right? This posuk is a posuk from Tehillim. And because it is talking about leaving shul, etc., etc., you say that posuk, that, that is the mini. Now, Tanya Namahoki, we've learned in the Brisa as well, which is a repetition of what we've just learned. Somebody davens needs to prepare an hour before the achas achat and an hour after tefila. This is just a repetition. How do we know he has to spend an hour before and only then? How do we know that after your tefila you have got to also wait for an hour? So that's just a repetition of what we learned. Now we come to a third price. Tom Rabbonon. Chasidim harishonim ayushayin achas. They would wait for an hour before davening. Or mispalalim achas. They would daven for an hour. V'chazim v'shor achas. And again, contemplate about it or wait 
for a for a further hour. Now, on that, the Gemara asks a question. Since a person will spend nine hours on Tzvila, how do we get that nine hours of Tzvila? We've got three three Tzvilas. We've got Shachris, Mincha, Mariv. Each one which takes three hours. Okay, I know at the AGM they said they want to extend it by a few minutes, but this is in a different league at all. This is nine hours. So you're slaying because you spend an hour before, an hour during, and an hour after. It's three hours. Shachris, Mincha, Mariv said three times three is nine. They've got to spend nine hours. This is what the Hasidim Roshayim used to spend nine hours on tefillah. I asked the Gemara now, since they would spend nine hours on tefillah, how would they preserve their Torah? And when would they make a living? If you're spending all your sort of wake hours more or less davening, you've got no time for anything else. No. Now, first of all, the question is, why is this point about if you spend nine hours, how are you going to preserve your Torah and how are you going to work? Why is it asked at this point? Why did we not ask it the previous pricer? The previous pricer we talked about before and after. So why didn't, why, why didn't we ask that question then? Uh-huh. That's one, that's a question. Yes. Right? Now, a simple answer one might say is, because this is the first time, this b'risa, that it says, The previous b'risas only talked about before and after, but it didn't talk about during. So the first time that the b'risa talks about during is this b'risa here, They would spend an hour on tefillah. Now, interestingly enough, when he says before and after, it brings pesukim for it. During, it doesn't bring a, a, a posset. Perhaps one can just say that it's a, it, it's a svara to say that tefillah can't take less than the preparation or the saying after. In other words, if already you're spending an hour preparing and you're spending an hour afterwards, then surely you would have to spend at least an hour during. Yes. But it doesn't, it's not from a posset. So the question is, why does it bring it here? So either, as we said, because this is the first time that we know that you have to spend three hours before, after, and during, three times a day, so therefore that's why I asked the question. Another answer is, and this is what the sort of Ritvoz says, and Rabbeinu Yonah said, they all say like this, and this will perhaps hopefully answer your question, Clive, that only Hasidim HaRishonim, when, when we say Shah Achas, they have to prepare Shah Achas, that was literally an hour, 60 minutes. So in other words, they spent 68 minutes in preparing, 60 minutes davening, and 60 minutes afterwards, three times a day. So on that, we can ask the question, well, what about how, how they learn Torah, how do they do work, etc., etc. When we talk the Bryson beforehand, we're not talking about the Hasidim or Rishonim. We're talking about the average person. The average person, it's true, must also spend Shah Achas before and Shah Achas afterwards, but that shawl there does not mean 60 minutes. It just means yes. a little bit, a little bit yes. before and a little bit afterwards. Yes. Yes. And on, on that basis, that is why, for example, you see, in Shacharis and in Mariv, we've got Kriyashima before the Shemanesra, Rechaz Kriyashima. But for Mincha, says Mary, that's why we say Ashray. 
Yes. And the reason that we afterwards, how are we yotzer the business about an hour afterwards or shah achas, that is by saying oleinu. Yes. Because if any of you would have listened to Rabbi Zulzbacher today in his excellent yeah. Uh, yeah. halacha uh, drosha that he gives, he asked about oleinu, is that part of tefillah or is that not part of tefillah? And the Me'iri learns from this Gemara, it's not part of tefillah, but it's the shah achas, the hour, that the, the, the certain amount of time that you've got to spend after davening, after Pranestra, is, that's why we say Oleinu. Right? So. Can I ask a couple of questions? Yes. Yeah? Go ahead. Um, yeah, okay. Um, it's hard to imagine somebody, however pious they are, spending nine hours a day davening, yes? Right. It is really hard to, I mean, maybe they still exist, but, you know, they're, they're rare, yes? Yes. They are. Now, my mm-hmm. question is, um, I mean, apart from the practical side, which the Gora asks, um, it can't be, prayer can't be standardized. However holy, um, and thoughtful the person is, whatever, and however much they work on their Kavana, yeah, people differ. Somebody might have Kavana within 20 minutes. Others might take a bit longer. Some Fair might have to mean. So what? So this does it mean literally sixty minutes? It, it, well, you are, are you talking? Are you talking about before, after, or during? But all three. In well, other words, this, because this this is a story that happened. The Gemara is telling oh, us. Yes, of course. This is what they did. Your question is how come it could be exactly? Say, let's take the middle part, the during. You're saying, yeah. how come it took exactly an hour each day? Surely some days they would have with more Kavona and it might take longer and some days yeah, shorter. Yes. Well, it yes. seems to be that they had Kavona and every sort of word that they said and it took them an hour. But, that must every, be. but really, but all of them, I mean, people vary. Even though, well, it, was, it was only vary. the Hasidim or Rishonim. I, I don't know how many of them there were, right? Who used to have nine it's hours a day. Right. You know, it seems to be, that they are sort of stuck out. They were a unique group of men who did this. Otherwise, yes. the Gemara wouldn't tell us. A chassidim, a person is called a chassid. He's on a very high madrega. In fact, that leads us on to the next point because the, the, the question that they all ask is, is they said, Tyros on heich mishnameres. Once they spend nine hours, how will they preserve their Torah? In other words, how will they remember the Torah that they've learned? Well, why doesn't it say... How will they learn? They won't have any time for learning, Tyra. What, what, what's this about? Mishta Meris means to remember. So the Ian Yaakov says like this. We say in Pekeovus, like Amor Oretz Chosid. And Amor Oretz, somebody who's an ignorant person, cannot have the title of Chosid. So in other words, by the time he comes to a Chosid, he is already not an Amor Oretz. He is obviously a learned yes. person. So he's yeah. done all the learning already. Now all he needs to do is to go over it to remember it. So that's why the Gemara says Taras on Heich Mishdameres rather than how is it learnt. So okay, so we've got the question that the Gemara asks, how, and also another thing, uh, another um, one of the Mepharshim say that what we say before Shemana Esra, Hashem Sefosai Tiftoch or Fi Yakit is also for the average person who needs to prepare a little bit before Shemana Esra. That's it. That's their pre- preparation. So obviously for the ordinary person. The shah is not literally 60 minutes. So now, so the Gemara asks a question. Since these Hasidim Roshanim did spend uh, three hours a day, three times a day, nine hours, 
where how where would they learn Tyra and where would they where would they um how would they do work? So they like this. Since they since they are Hasidim, Hashem gave them a special, special siyata de a special help. Taros and Mishtameres, they Torah was preserved or Malachton Misboreches. And their work is is blessed. In other words, in the merit of the fact that they were Hasidim, that they were pious people, Hashem gave them an extra siyata d'shmai, an extra help, so that they remember everything that they've learned without having to go over it many times. And also the little time that they spend in working, that in that time, that's sufficient for their needs. They will earn a livelihood in that small period of time, um, even our, even, even spending nine hours a day. They, 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 there's a story told about the Hasm Cypher who was told, who was asked, why do you spend so long in Dublin? He used to Dublin very, very long. And they asked him, why do you, surely this is a bit of tire because you could be spending your time learning in this extra time. Why do you spend so much time? So he answered, he says like this, there's another Gemara which says, somebody who prolongs his Tvila, he will get, he will have arichas yomim. So the simple pshat is, anyone who davens long, midah connected midah, he will get arichas yomim v'shonim. Incidentally, why does it say yomim v'shonim? Seems to be a repetition. So Ben Yoda says, one is for quantity, one is for quality. We need both. It's no good a person living till 95 if for 30 years he's not well. So he needs the quality and of course, he needs a quantity as well. So he said like this. He learns a different shot. Anyone who is marich, who prolongs his tefillah, his days will become longer. His days will become extended. And let's say if he wanted to have 15 hours worth of learning, that will be done in 12 hours. So in other words, if the day extends, Somebody who prolongs his filler, his day, he'll be able to get more into his day than he would otherwise. And that's the same idea here. Because these people were Hasidim and they were very pious, Hashem helped them, A, to remember their studies, and B, also to be able to, the, the, the malacha that they do, the hours, the few hours that they spend in earning a living, they will make, they will be successful. Right. Okay, now we carry on. This is the, this is the next part of the Mishnah. We said like this: Even if you're in the middle of a Kriyshmanesra, so even if a king inquires as to your welfare while you're engaged in Shmanesra, you must not answer him. Amr of Yosef says, "Rav Yosef, this only applies to a Jewish king, right? Who you have to honor." But if you've got a non-Jewish king, then he's, then he's got to interrupt his prayer if this non-Jewish king greets him because he's placing his life at risk. So it's only if there's a sophic of risk of life, then you can respond. And on this basis, Rav and Shev Alevi Paskans, that if a Hatzola member is in the middle of his quiet Shimon Esra, he can only be masik, he can only interrupt if it's a sophic pikuach nefesh. In other words, it's a question of life or death. But if a person's being called for something which is not a life or death matter, 
then he cannot interrupt it. And we learn it from this Gemara, because it says, for a Malche, you can be positive, because there you're risking your life if you don't reply to the uh, non-Jewish king. Lord, yes? Could also apply to a wicked Jewish king. A wicked Jewish yes, king. Yes, it, it will apply to any situation where your life is in danger. Right, because it says originally, yeah, yeah. A, a Jewish king you shouldn't re- respond to, but yeah, you should not. You shouldn't interrupt, yeah? Yes. Um, but a non-Jewish yeah, king you should. Yeah, but if it's a Jewish king who's wicked... If, it, if it's a Jewish king who you know that if you do not respond to, he will kill you, yes. then the same applies. Yes, of course. Yeah. So make Gerald, yes. Gerald, yes. I, I don't understand why the bring have to bring the Shevet Halevi for Bikuach Nefesh. Bikuach Nefesh, anything you can do. I don't, why do you need a rye from this... Um, uh, interrupting a king and the, all this for uh, uh, Shona Esri. No, no, of course you can interrupt Shona Esri. No, you can interrupt yeah. for Pekuach His point is, the Shema Alevi's point is, that you can't interrupt if it's not Pekuach Nefesh. That's the point. The point is, if, if a Hatzalah oh, member yeah. is called and you know, ah, I don't know, a person has got some sort of a scratch or something like that, you know it's not ah, a life-threatening ah, injury... Yeah. Yeah, then yeah. you can't interrupt. That's the point. You might think, Thank you, oh, man. Gets, and gets in the middle of shul, he gets a thing, and yeah, he's going to run. No, only, obviously, sometimes, sometimes you don't know. It's a sophic, etc. So let, let's just go a little bit further, just to finish off. Maybe the more asks a question. Somebody who is davening, and he sees a violent person coming towards him. Or or he sees a wagon coming towards him. He should not interrupt. Rather, he should shorten his tefillah and then go away. So what do we see from here? That even in the case of Pekuach Nefesh, you've got a violent person coming towards you or you've got a wagon coming towards you. You do not interrupt. You just say brochas, makatsa, you shorten it. Either there's different shots in what it means. Rashi says it just means that... Uh, you're near the end of your tefillah, and therefore you finish off. Others say you say habineinu, whatever it is. But we see from here that you don't interrupt; you just shorten your tefillah. Answers the Gemara like Kasha. That's not a problem. It means like this: where it's possible for him, even if his life is in danger, but where it's possible for him to stop and shorten it, he should do that. Where it's not possible for him to shorten, then he has got to, uh, then he's got to stop. Um, Rashi says here, where he's near to finishing off his tvila, then he's got to finish it if he can. But if he can't, then he can't. So we, what, what, what was the question we asked? We seem to be only that you can be, if you're in danger, you can stop. And here the Bryson says, you should not stop. You should just shorten your tvila. The answer is very simple. If you're able to shorten it, do so. But if you're not able to shorten it and the danger is there, then you must be massive. And I think this is where we've run out of time, unfortunately. And we've got a nice story coming up next week. Hello, sorry? Can you said another, another couple of questions? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, regarding this piece of Gomorrah, I mean, I understand that it, it is a circumstance of danger where the person can finish their meter all well and good. But if the person, as it were, becomes alarmed and doesn't have the presence of mind to be able to continue, 
presumably are their owners, aren't they? Well, obviously, if a person is scared and is so scared, yeah, that, that coming the person, with a light. The person yeah. is going to attack them. Yes, then certainly. Then, then that's a situation where he's not able to shorten it, and then he can be muffing. He can interrupt. But where, let's say, for example, you see a violent person coming towards you, but he's miles away, right? He's—I don't know—he's—he's—he's he's, he's half a mile away, yes. and then you're just nearing the end of Shmanesra. Then what the Bible says is finish uh, Shmanesra. Yeah, yeah. And then go because you can do okay. it. But obviously, if he's very yeah. near you, you can't yeah. play games with a with with, yeah. with a, a violent person coming towards you. You right. don't know what he's going to get up to. So he's a case of the Koch Nefesh. Right. Regarding the the, the 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 nine hour prayer. Yeah. Yes. I'll see it this really excites you, Clive. Sorry. <laughs> I can see that this yeah. nine hours prayer really excites you. Please do not introduce this <laughs> to GGBA. <laughs> I don't want to get locked in shore. Yeah. <laughs> get locked in. Um, seriously, you, you when um, this when we come to Maris, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the situation where we presume that these holy people have mastered Torah beforehand, right? That's yes. why they can spend nine hours, yes? Yes. Does that suggest that, in a way, I, I, I'm doing controversial, that tefillah is greater than learning Torah? It doesn't, does it? Are you with me? Well, I always thought, I mean, we think that the, the limitora is, is, is greater than Tefillo, right? Yeah. But here we've got an opposite argument. Have we? No, not? but what I'm saying is these people, they've learned everything that they needed to know. But obviously the problem is that even if you learn, you forget things. Yes. But because they were Hasidim, they were pious, God gave them a special helping hand, as it were, the Atta that they remember everything because they ha- they didn't have time. They were too busy with Tiller. But right. the learning that they had done, they'd done in previous years, so they knew it all. So normally what one's got to do is you've got to go over it in order to remember it. But they were given an extra help that they didn't have to go over it or only having to go over it a little bit and they would remember everything. But isn't Torah infinite? Nobody can learn t- the totality of Torah. Well, it, I mean, it, it seems that they did, because uh, otherwise, how would we understand Taras and Hech Mishnameris? Why doesn't the Gemara That's say, question. when When do they learn Torah? When do they learn it? But we don't say that. They say Mishnameris means, how is it preserved? So we're talking about that they know it all, but they just had to go over it in order to remember it. And that's where they I get to see us in the Shema. I, I, I don't want to keep it thin. We're, we're, we're out of time now. I'll speak to you oh, privately, okay. uh, Clive. Okay, okay. Okay, because we just Bye. run out of time. It's not fair yeah. to keep, keep everybody okay. up. Okay. Okay, thank you. All right, Good, Good evening. Bye. Thank you very Bye. much.